Well, we're going to get straight into God's Word tonight, and um, we're going to have a bit of ministry at the end uh, of this message. And uh, I couldn't wait to be at church tonight and to share this message. I really feel that it's so applicable to every single person here tonight. And uh, if you have your Bibles, can I encourage you to open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 23, verse 5. Psalm 23, verse 5. Um, if you were not here this morning, um, there's a photo of my family. I'm married to Sharon. We've been married for 15 years. Uh, and we have two children, Joshua and Jackson. Um, and I saw a picture of them at church this morning, Children's Day. I thought it was Children's Day every day. Uh, but uh, today, Children's Day, and uh, they send their greetings, and we also have a sponsor child called Snap Fitness. Um, I sponsor the gym, so um, supporting local business, and uh, <laughs> it's faith without works uh, <laughs> when, my, when it comes to my fitness, but anyway, Psalm 23, verse 5, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. You anoint my head with oil, my cup Overflows. Would you say that after me? Would you read it out nice and loud? You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. If you're taking notes, the title of my message tonight is Anointed and Overflowing. Anointed and overflowing, anointed and overflowing. God, we thank you for your presence here. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. God, come flood this place. God, we pray for a touch of heaven. Your word promises when two or three are gathered in your name, you're in our midst. And I thank you that you are here. You were here even before anybody walked into this place. And God, I pray that we don't, we don't want just words. We need your power. We need a fresh encounter in this place. Come Holy Spirit, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I've been married to my beautiful wife for 15 years. So let me tell you, I love everything about her. Uh, you know, she's the best thing that's happened to me after, uh, after I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. She's an amazing wife. She's an amazing mom. She's an amazing leader. And uh, I remember the first time she preached at uh, church on a Sunday night. We weren't dating at that time. And, and she was speaking. And I was like, who is that girl? Uh, you know, everybody was listening to a message, but I had vision. I had vision of my future. And I was like, that's my future wife. And uh, uh, I wasn't the only person who had vision that night. There were other boys in the youth group. They had visions too. And, uh, and so, you know, I had to chase them all away to make sure uh, that, you know, she was going to be my wife. And I'll never forget one Sunday night um, after, a, during ministry time, a young man came up to me and said, Boyd, the Lord told me that I'm going to marry Sharon. I'm like, is that right? Well, <laughs> looks like the Lord's talking to everybody. And, um, I said, no, raise your hand. Let me bring confirmation. Because I said, do not marry somebody until you've had confirmation. He raised his hand. And I said to him, hey, I really feel that God's calling you to be a missionary. Uh, and... Um I said to him, hey, you know, I really feel God's calling you to the Middle East. And uh, <laughs> I prayed for him. And uh, I also said to him that he has the anointing of a martyr, that he's called to be a martyr. And, and I haven't seen him since then. And um, just to let you know, I'll be doing ministry at the end of my message tonight. That's my special anointing. Uh, if you need confirmation, you can come to the front. But uh, the point of my story is I love everything about my wife, but there is one quality about her that really annoys me is that uh, she's not here. So I can say this. I hope she's not listening to this message. Love you, darling. But anyway, when she tells me, babe, can I take your car to work? 
That means she forgot to fill her car with fuel. Uh, I'm already getting people saved in the front row. Uh, <laughs> Victor's like, yep, <laughs> I'll see you that hand. And, um, and, and that means like, I forgot to fill my car with petrol. And so I'm going to take my car and, and can you go and fill it up for me? And uh, my wife thinks that when the E light comes on, she thinks that stands for enough. She thinks E stands for exceedingly abundantly. She thinks E stands for everlasting. I had to say to her, hey, E stands for empty. And a couple of, couple of weeks ago, I had to take my boy somewhere and I came out and she's taken my car and I've forgotten all about this. And I have a four-year-old son. As soon as he gets in the car, he's like, Dad, can you play Willy Wonka? He loves that song, Oompa Loompa. And, and, and I get in the car and I turn the light, car on and the E-light comes on. And uh, I'm being honest with you, I got filled in the wrong spirit. And uh, I was like, ah! And my son's like, Dad, play Oompa Loompa. I I felt like Jesus, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? I was like, man, and I don't know about you, but when you're driving to the fuel station, I'm like, God, please, if you could do anything for me, please don't stop the car, please, please. But after you've pumped petrol, man, I feel different. I feel like I can take on the world. Anything is possible. Do you realize that when you come to the church or Sunday services during worship, we're not just worshiping God, but we're being filled by the power of God. This is a filling station where we come and we, and we sit under the teaching of God's Word and, and we come and, and we worship God. And, and there's something powerful when the church comes together and we worship with passion. I love that verse in the Bible where it says, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. Do you realize that so many people are living a spiritless life when we are called to live a spirit-empowered, spirit-filled life? We are called to live a spirit-filled, spirit-empowered life. And, and, and can I tell you, when you fill with the power of God, when you have an anointing on your life, do you, do you realize that it brings a new confidence on, on your life, and you're like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All of a sudden, you see somebody and you think they're an introvert, but then all of a sudden they're like, you know what? They get filled by the power of God, and something happens, and they're like, you know what? I can do that. It's not arrogance, it's not self confidence, it's the anointing. And um, I'll never forget, you've had Pastor Takbana here. He's a spiritual father, and he's an amazing man. Uh, and one time, Tak said to me, hey, boy, I'm going to Pakistan. Would you like to come with me? And I said, yeah, I'll join you. And we were speaking at a conference, but we had to stop in uh, Dubai for 48 hours. And man, I was like, oh, that's great. I'm coming. You know, you get to spend 48 hours in Dubai. And so we, we flew in and we were in Dubai for 48 hours, transit. And, and he went into his room. I went into my room and our rooms were next door to each other. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go outside and check the gym. I don't know why I do that, but it's not like, I don't look like I'm, I go to the gym. But anyway, I was like, and, and as I was leaving, I heard Pastor Tarkbana in his room praying. And then I came back a couple of hours later. I heard him praying again when we arrived in um, Pakistan. Every morning at five o'clock, my, my bedroom was next to his room. I'll hear him praying, worshiping the Lord. 
5 a.m. in the morning. And I thought to myself, he's definitely not a worship leader. He's called a preach. But anyway, that's a different topic. And uh, I was like, Tark, please stop singing. But anyway, and, 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 I, and, I, and I realized one day, do you realize where the anointing is found? It's found in the secret place. The anointing is found in the secret place. It's not just here on the platform. It's found in the secret place. I love the story of the woman with the issue of blood. I love the story when she saw Jesus. She had this audacious faith. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Listen to this carefully. When you step out by faith, the anointing flows. When you step out by faith, the anointing flows. And I love the psalm, Psalm chapter 23. Now, in the first four verses, David has been painting this image of God as a loving and caring shepherd. And then there is a shift in this particular verse in verse 5. Listen to this carefully. He moves, God moves from God the shepherd to God the host. He moves from a shepherd to a host. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Listen to this carefully. In the ancient East, it was a common practice for hosts to welcome their guests into their homes by pouring oil on their guests' head, heads or feet. It was a mark of hospitality and a token of honor. I don't know why we don't do that over here. I think people will stop coming to your house. You're like, come over here. Get the oil. Pour it on there. And uh, you see, oil is refreshing and soothing. It was their way of welcoming their guests. Pouring oil on your guests was a symbol of welcome, refreshment, and blessing. It was also a common, it was also common for shepherds to put oil on their sheep. They did this to protect the sheep from, from insects and parasites. Shepherds also used oils to minimize injuries from headbutting. See, during the autumn season, sheep breed. It was common for sheep to butt heads to win the favor of the ewes. So these conflicts may result in serious injury or death. So, so, the she- so, 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 so to avoid this, the shepherds would use oil to grease the sheep. So at impact, they would slip, they would slide. Oil was used for medicinal purposes. So David wrote this psalm 3,000 years ago. And you may be like, but how is this relevant to us? Why do we need to be anointed? Why do we use oil? Listen to this carefully. In the, in the Bible, olive oil was sim- significant, sorry, specifically used as a symbol of God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit. It was a symbol of God's presence. It's a symbol of God's blessing on your life. In the Old Testament, there were in the Old Testament times, only three kinds of people were anointed with oil. You had to be a priest, a prophet, or a king to be anointed with oil. It was a symbol of God's approval and God giving them authority. Kings, priests, and prophets were the only people anointed. I love this. When Jesus came on the scene, everything changed. Can I tell you, you can't encounter Jesus and stay the same. 
You are never the same when you encounter Jesus. He came and he broke the old system. And the old system said you needed a priest to get to God. You need a priest in order to confess your sins. Jesus came and he broke the old system and said you don't need a priest anymore to get to God. Now you have a direct access to God. You can pray to God directly. That's exactly what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross. Guess what he did? He reconnected us with the Father. What's the mission of the church? We exist to reconnect people with the Father. And I love this in 1 Peter 2.9, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For He called you out of the darkness into His wonderful light. Listen to this carefully. This is what I want you to catch tonight. The anointing is not an exclusive gift reserved for a select few. It is available to every believer in Christ Jesus. The anointing is not just for the front row or or someone with a title. Guess what? The anointing is for everyone, for every believer in Christ. Sadly, many people are unaware of this transformative impact the anointing has on their lives. On the day of Pentecost, the anointing, the Holy Spirit didn't just fall on a handful of people. I love this. It fell on everybody. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Anybody here tonight, you're like, boy, I need a touch of heaven. I need a touch of heaven. So you may be in this category and you may be wondering now, why do I need the anointing? Everybody's talking about an anointing. You're talking about an anointing. You may be like, why Why do I need it? What difference does it make? I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts tonight, and then we're going to pray. Here's the first one, number one. Write this down. The anointing breaks every yoke. The anointing breaks every yoke. Isaiah 10, 27. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. In ancient times, a yoke was used to bind oxen together for plowing or pulling heavy loads. Spiritually, spiritually, yokes symbolize the oppressive forces of sin, bondage, and captivity that entangles us. I want to say to anybody here tonight, you may be, be feeling like, boy, I'm addicted to this. I'm addicted to that. You kind of feel like, you know, you're, you're constantly fighting something. I want to tell you today, there is power in the mighty name of Jesus to break every chain. I pray that tonight chains will be broken as we lay hands and pray for you. I pray there'll be a touch of heaven on you. And all of a sudden that you will just send something in the spiritual and you will never be the same again. Can I get an amen if you believe that? Let me tell you, the anointing is a powerful force that shatters these yokes and sets us free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So when we are anointed by the Holy Spirit, chains of addiction, fear, destructive habits lose their hold on us. See, the anointing transforms us to live a life of righteousness, holiness, and obedience to God's Word. So number one, the anointing breaks every yoke. It breaks every limitation. Number two, the anointing fills and renews. The anointing fills and renews. Psalm 23, 5, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Guess what? God doesn't want us to live out of a deficit. I love this. My cup overflows. Guess what? I want your cup to overflow tonight. Tomorrow when you go to work and people ask you, 
What did you do in the weekend? Some people might say, oh, I got drunk and now I'm hungover, I'm tired. You can be like, you know what? I went to church, I got touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. My cup overflows. Come over here, you lay hands and you pray. You know, if somebody's sick at work, you don't have to wait. Oh, why don't you go to church on Sunday at 9.30? No, no, you say, let me lay hands and pray. By His stripes, you are healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Why? Because your cup is overflowing. Who are the ministers of this church? It's not just Pastor Alan and Alana. No, you are the ministers of the church. We're not all pastors, but we are all ministers. Guess what? When there is a divine appointment, when there is an opportunity, you can't be like, oh, let me go on the website and find out, oh, do we have a healing ministry? No, no. You say, Holy Spirit, thank you that these hands are anointed. You lay hands and you pray for the sick. Give it, have a go. See, David uses the image of a cup overflowing with oil. This signifies the inexhaustible nature of God's anointing. The inexhaustible nature of God's anointing. God's not up in heaven. He's like, sorry, I've given all the anointing to Elam and C3. Sorry about the rest of you. No, do you realize that? He says, my cup overflows. It's talking about the inexhaustible nature of God's anointing. It's not a limited resource. Instead, it continually fills and renews. In fact, why don't we all lift our hands to the heaven for a moment and say, Lord, Lord, fill my cup. Lord, fill my cup. Lord, fill my cup. I'm going to say those words a couple of times. I want to lift everybody in this room for a moment. Lift your, lift your voices from us. Say, Lord, fill my cup. Fill my cup. Holy Spirit, right now. We don't we need to wait till the end of a message right now. Holy Spirit. We say, anoint Him. Fall afresh in this place. Come, Holy Spirit. Fall afresh. Fill our cups in the mighty name of Jesus. You said in the last days, you will pour out your Spirit. God, we are desperate for your presence. We are desperate for your, for your Spirit in this place. Fill our cup. God, I pray for every young person on my right here. As they go back to their schools, university, workplaces, tomorrow, there'll be something different about them. They are marked by your presence. They are marked by an anointing in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray they will impact their generation for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. See, sometimes we can find ourselves spiritually depleted, exhausted, running on empty. The demands of life can leave us often drained, but the anointing offers a solution. James 4.8, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Love that verse. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. Sometimes I'm like, God, there's not a lot I can do. God, I need you. I love that verse. It says, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Guess what? First, we've got to draw near to Him. Some of us, we're like, I'm waiting for God. God's like, no, no, you take the first step. Come close, and I'll come close to you. When you draw close to God, seeking His presence and prayer and worship and spend time in His Word, our cups are filled to overflowing. The anointing revives our spirit, rejuvenates our souls, and empowers us to face life's challenges. The anointing fills and renews. Number three. The anointing attracts overflow and abundance. Overflow 
and abundance. The image David uses in this verse is an overflowing cup. This is a metaphor of God's blessings and provisions. The act of anointing the head with oil in biblical times was a symbol of favor, blessing, and consecration. Listen to this carefully. When God anoints our heads with oil, He positions us to overflow, to experience overflow and abundance in every area of our lives. Anybody here, you're like, Lord, I need that anointing on my life. See, the anointing draws resources, opportunities, and blessings. David says, my cup overflows. It signifies that God's blessings are abundant and providing us with more than enough. More than enough. Listen to what David says in Psalm 133, verses 1 to 3. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It's, it, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows His blessing, even life forevermore. Listen to this. The analogy of Anointing or anointing oil being poured on the head and flowing down the beard and the rope of Aaron signifies the richness and abundance of God's blessings that comes with unity. Never underestimate the power of unity. And I'm not just talking about the church, I'm also talking about your family, your workplace, your school. Your neighborhood, wherever God's placed you, do you realize that unity is our responsibility? Wherever we go, wherever we, go we carry God's peace. We're called to be peacemakers, not troublemakers. Where there is unity, God commands His blessings. When we dwell in the anointing of God's presence, we experience God's goodness and favor in ways beyond our imagination. The overflow of blessings resulting from the anointing extends not only, extends not only to our lives, but to those around us. We are blessed to be a blessing. Number four, the anointing heals and restores. The anointing heals and restores. The anointing brings healing and restoration to our weary souls. Just as oil soothes and heals physical wounds, God's anointing brings healing to our brokenness. Maybe you're here tonight and you're carrying some emotional scars, disappointments, traumas. I want you to listen to this carefully. The anointing is a balm that brings healing and restoration and wholeness to your soul. The anointing will help you let go of bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment. Maybe you're here tonight and you're believing for physical, physical healing. This is what the Bible says, just, uh, James 5, 14 to 15. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them. Anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. That's exactly what I want to encourage you tonight. If you're believing for healing, God say, God, I need a fresh touch of heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus, you declare those words. You make that confession. I declare by His stripes, I am healed in Jesus' mighty name. Can I get an amen? Number five. The anointing transforms us. The anointing transforms us. When the anointing of God comes upon you, you are never the same again. God's anointing transforms you. You are changed from the inside out. Saul was a very insecure person. He didn't believe it. He, he didn't believe he had it in him to be the king. 
He felt very inadequate. He thought he could never be a king. Look what happens next. First Samuel 10, 1 and 6. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and put it over Saul's head like I talked about this morning. He kissed Saul and said, I am doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the ruler of Israel, his special position. At that time, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. When the anointing comes on you, you are changed to a different person. That really annoys me. When I ask people's testimony, they're like, you know, before I met Jesus, I was a party animal. I stayed up late. I used to be fun. Then I met Jesus. I go to church, read the Bible. Yeah. I'm like, no. That's not the Jesus I read about in the Bible. Can I tell you when the anointing comes upon you, when you're filled in the Holy Spirit, you are changed into a different person. Anybody in this room, you can testify to that. You are a different person. Write this down. When God appoints you, He anoints you. When God appoints you, He anoints you. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will be changed into a different person. That's my prayer for every single person here tonight. I'm praying for the Spirit of the Lord to come upon every single person. You are changed from the inside out. I pray that when you go back to work, school tomorrow, or in fact, when you go back home tonight, people are like, what happened to you? Where were you? I went to church. I got touched by the power of God. I am never the same again. Some of you here tonight, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you're going to become more competent. You're going to become more confident. You're going to become a confident person. You're going to step into your God-given destiny. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Number six, the anointing brings joy. The anointing brings joy. Isaiah 61 verse 3, And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty, Instead of ashes, the oil of joy. Everybody say, the oil of joy. The oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. The anointing brings a transformative joy that surpasses our circumstances. In moments of trials and hardships and challenging times, this joy sustains us. 2015 was a very difficult year for for my family, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And um, it was her third appointment. She, the first two appointments, they said to her, there was nothing to be worried about. And, and then they asked her to come back again. And let me tell you, mom said to me, you know, can you come with me? And I went with her. And, and they, they asked my mom to come and uh, take a seat. And I went inside with her. And they, and they placed this folder on the desk, and they said to my mom, Mrs. Ratnaraja, the specialist will come and see you. And the nurse walked out. My mom said, something's not right. And the specialist walked in, and she said to my mom, Mrs. Ratnaraja, I am, no, no small talk, just straight to the point. She said, Mrs. Ratnaraja, I'm very sorry to say this to you, but you've got cancer. And none of us were prepared for that. And I'll never forget driving home. Actually, I don't even remember driving home. And my family was like, what did the doctor say? I was like, I just can't remember. All I can remember uh, is hearing these words, uh, you know, Mrs. Ratnaraja, you, you've got cancer. 
And um, my mum my my went through surgery, and I'll never forget after the surgery. I was my mum's support person, and, and, um, and they were trying to work hard if mum had to get uh, chemo and stuff like that. And, and, and emotionally, I'll tell you, I was drained. I had no emotional strength, and I remember praying to God, God, I, I, I have nothing against chemo, but I was like, God, I, no, I have no energy to, uh, to support mom through this. If you could do one thing for me, please, I don't want her to go through chemo. And I'll never forget mom coming home, and she told me, no, they said I have to do chemo. And um, so my mom did chemo. She lost all her hair. I remember she couldn't eat any food. She lost a lot of weight. Uh, and um, during this whole time, I watched my mum. Man, she went through chemo. She was losing weight. She, in, a, in the physical, she was fading away. But I'll tell you, on the inside, she was a different lady. She came to every service on a Sunday. Nobody asked her to come. She worshipped the Lord with passion. And man, I'll tell you, after that, she came out of that whole storm. Now, it's been, I think, over five or six years now. She is absolutely cancer-free. And I'll tell you, you know, on the, the enemy thought, you know, I can just touch her physical body. But guess what? She put her trust in the Almighty God. And she said to the enemy, she looked him in the face and said, well, you can take my hair away, but you can't touch my soul because I have the joy of the Lord. And there were days it wasn't easy. Oh man, I tell you, we used to have four services on a Sunday. She came to it every Sunday. I was like, mom, go home. She was like, no, I'm not going home. And I'm the pastor. I'm like, mom, go home. She's like, no. She worshiped with passion. Guess what? She made a statement to the enemy. I know one thing, my Redeemer lives. See, happiness is external, joy is internal. Happiness is dependent on circumstances. If the weather is good, we are happy. But joy is different. Joy is found in Christ. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. You know, my mom lost all her hair, but now she's got beautiful hair. She looks like a movie star. I said to my dad, Dad, you better behave yourself because she looks beautiful. She's got options. Guess what? Psalm 16 verse 11, in your presence is fullness of joy. When the storm comes, guess what? I've been, I found my mom in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes people are like, oh, I haven't seen you at church. Oh, yeah, we're going through a tough time. I'm like, why did you stop coming to church? Why, you, you know, they're like, oh, we're, we're, we're like, you know, sorry, we, yeah, we're going through some hard times, and yeah, it's a bit hard to come out. I was like, man, when you're going through tough times, you need to be in the house of the Lord. Guess what? You, you need to be in the front row. Pastor Alan and Alan, I won't mind this, but you come in the front, you sing as loud as you can. Guess what? You tell the devil, oh, you haven't won this, bring it on, because I trust in the, uh, I, my trust is in the name of the Lord. My trust is in the hope. But my hope comes from Him. Guess what? Some put their trust in horses and chariots, but our hope is in the name of the Lord. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. Number seven, my final point, if I could ask Joe to join me on the keys, please. The anointing empowers you. The anointing empowers you. Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. 
and with her the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing. Instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks the Lord has planted for his own glory. God empowers you for a purpose. The anointing is not just a bless me feeling. The anointing is not merely for personal benefit. It's for us to fulfill our God-given purpose. God anoints you to make a difference in the lives of those around you. Do you realize that in your workplace, you are, you, you are the ministry. You are the church. Party for prospered because Joseph was there. The jailer prospered because Joseph was there. Guess what? Your workplace prospers because you're there. Your street is blessed because you are there. Why? You carry the anointing of the Lord. God anoints you to impact and to influence others and to see God's kingdom established on earth. Jesus knew he was anointed to bring good news to the poor. He was anointed to comfort the brokenhearted. He was anointed to proclaim freedom to the captives. He was anointed to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come upon them. He knew right from the start he was anointed to be a channel of blessing. Listen carefully. We are called to be the same. But here's the thing. Every new challenge requires a fresh anointing. Every new season requires a fresh anointing. You can't live on yesterday's encounter. You need a fresh touch. You need a fresh encounter. Can't be like, well, in 1980, somebody prayed for me and I felt a quiver in my liver and I felt something. And, and you're like, and then you're still talking about that. Guess what? God has sent you. I've got a fresh touch. I've got a fresh anointing for you tonight. You were born for more. God's got a fresh anointing for this new season ahead. Do you realize 2024 requires a fresh anointing? And that's why you're here tonight. God's anointing is like manna. The children of Israel ate in the wilderness. This only lasted a day. Why did God do that? Because He wanted them to depend on Him every day. Jesus said this. This is how you should pray. Give us this day our daily bread. It's daily. He gives you enough for the day. Every day I say, God, I need a fresh anointing. There'll be some new challenges. God, I need you today. Thank you for what you did yesterday, but I need a fresh anointing. Desperation, hunger, not self-sufficiency, but God dependency. God, I need you. God, I need a fresh touch from heaven. And, and this, I want to close with this. God doesn't want you to hear about someone else's encounter and think that's enough. God wants you to encounter Him for yourself. And I want to set that platform for people to encounter God and to receive a fresh anointing. I remember when my wife and I, we were dating, we were all going to a conference in Australia and I'll never forget, we were dating at the time and we made sure we got to sit next to each other so we could hold hands and pray for global revival. And uh, then all of a sudden they called her name. Her, her maiden name is Birmingham. And I went with her to the boarding gate. I, you know, I was with, the, with her and said, what's the problem? And they said, Sharon, Birmingham, we just want to let you know that you've been upgraded. I was like, look what the Lord has done the favor of the Lord. And they said to him, said to me, sorry, um, only she's upgraded, not you. I looked at her and I said, 
if you don't give me the upgrade, I'll break up with you. She said, okay, I'll see you in Sydney. Enjoy economy class. And she left. She got on the business class. I've updated my wool since then, but um, I tell you, I was at the back of the economy class and, uh, you know, my, the, I try to watch a movie. They restarted the entertainment system four times. I watched the first 20 minutes of the movie four times. And we landed in Sydney. The dish that I wanted, that wasn't available. It was a disaster. And when I met my, when I met my wife, I mean, my girlfriend at that time in Sydney, she was like, oh my goodness. I had massage chair, Starbucks coffee, we have this. I watched the notebook. Oh, I watched so many. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm so happy for you. Not really. Uh, I was like, man, you know, I was, I was listening to about everything she experienced, but it's not the same when you've experienced it for yourself. God doesn't want you to hear about someone else's burning bush encounter and think that's enough. God wants you to have your own burning bush encounter. I want everybody to stand to your feet for a moment and I'm just going to pray, God, we need a fresh encounter in this place. We need a fresh encounter in this place. A fresh anointing, fresh encounter. Maybe you're like, Boyd, you know, I, 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 I'm okay. And you're like, why, why do I need an encounter with God? Why do I need a fresh encounter? I want to read to you from Ezekiel chapter 47, 3 to 5. It's not on the screen, but I want you to listen to this carefully. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits that led me through water that was ankle deep. Everybody say ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. Everybody say knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was up to the waist. Everybody say waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. I want to listen to this very carefully. Some of you, you're ankle deep. God's inviting you to go deeper. Go deeper. Never settle. Some of you, you are knee deep. God's saying, I want you to go deeper. Some of you, you are waist deep. God's saying, go deeper. Keep going until your feet are no longer touching the ground. That's when you realize I'm no longer in control. He's in control. I don't know how an anointing comes on a person, but I know how an anointing leaves. It's when we're careless, complacent. What a tragedy. Samson had that anointing, but he starts fighting. What a, what a tragic way to live. The anointing's gone, but you're still fighting. Some of you here tonight, God is saying, I want you to go deeper. Go deeper. Go deeper. Go deeper. Never settle. My cup overflows. We're going to worship the Lord for a moment. And if you're here tonight, you're like, Lord, I need a fresh, fresh touch. I need a fresh touch. I'm going to ask you to come to the front. And as I said about Pastor Tark, do you realize that the anointing is found in that secret place? I want you to start making your way to the front as we are as we're singing. And then I want to lay hands. We're going to ask some of the pastors and leaders to come and stand with you and to, and to lay hands and pray for you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. You are welcome in this place. 